0: Hi, welcome to The Bug Plug, a podcast about all things insects, arachnids, arthropods, creepies, and crawlies. I'm Kaylee, and today we're learning about the longhorn beetle. Before we get started, just a real quick personal note. Um, I got stung by a yellow jacket yesterday. And I've never been stung by anything before, so it it was not fun. Um, I had a pretty minor allergic reaction. I was really dizzy and nauseous all night, and holy cow, it hurt. And so this morning, I thought I'd feel a lot better to record, but I'm really itchy and just sort of uncomfortable from it. So if I'm a little lower energy today, I'm very sorry. Um, I'm going to do my best to still be you know, kind of peppy and on, but I am struggling. So just letting you know right out of the gate. Speaking of gates, longhorns. We're learning about the longhorn beetle. That was a terrible transition. (laughs) Um, But being from the Great Plains area, that's technically what like the Oklahoma, Kansas, Texas area is considered. We're not Southern. We're not Midwestern. Great Plains. Did you know that? I learned that recently. And I live here, it was a recent thing. Anyway, being from where I'm from, when I hear longhorn, I think of cows and also the football team. And I'm not a football person, so whatever. But there's another longhorn, the longhorn beetle, which I like cows just fine, but longhorn beetles, probably my new favorite longhorn. So they're called The longhorn beetles, also longhorned beetles with an E-D at the end, and the longicorn beetle. That last one is actually what I had on my calendar because I got the idea from a post on an ecological group I'm in on Facebook. So I'm sure wherever the original poster was from, I don't know where that is, but wherever that is, they call it the longicorn beetle. And the longhorned and longhorn are the exact same names to me. Those are not two separate names, they're the same thing. So, the long horn beetle gets its name from its long horns, just like a cow. No, I'm joking, it's from their long antenna. That would be fun though. They don't resemble horns at all. The antenna are more like horse reins. Once again, this is another bug that I could have named more appropriately if anybody had bothered to consult with me. So long antenna. Antenna? Antenna? All right, whatever, I think I say it wrong. If you picture a beetle, imagine the antenna reaching back to like the end of its body or out forward the length of its body. Or instead of imagining, you could take a look at our uh, Instagram page, at bugplugpod. We posted pictures of it. Basically what I'm saying is the longhorn beetles have long antenna. They got their name from their antenna. There are a lot of longhorn beetle species, approximately like 35,000 individual species worldwide. It's a lot, it's a lot of species. And each species has different coloring or like a different pattern, but most have that super long antenna. I said most because some of these species actually have super short antenna. Isn't that a bummer? Also, some have really fun patterns on their antenna, while others are just boring looking. They range in size from like half an inch long to just under two inches long. As beetles, they are insects with the normal insect anatomy. They do have wings and they can fly. All longhorn beetle larvae eat plant tissue. Think things like stems, trunks, and roots. So typically they prefer sick or like overly soft trees and they can be considered a serious pest in some areas. These larvae are sometimes referred to as round headed borers because they dig into trees and untreated lumber while looking for food. This can cause damage to the trees and sometimes results in tree death. And they also leave holes in like your decks and furniture and other wooden structures. You don't want holes in your decks or your furniture. You need those things structurally sound. So longhorn beetles can be found throughout the world in the trees of North America, Africa, Europe, and Asia, but the largest populations are here in North America. They prefer areas of dense woodlands or forests where they have plenty to eat. They often live in large groups, which means they can cause serious damage to an area. Remember, they sometimes kill the trees if there's a lot of them, I mean, just think about it, it's damage. These large groups are formed from beetles who don't travel far from where they're hatched. As long as there's enough food, they aren't likely to move around a lot. Females will lay about 30 eggs at a time and the eggs hatch just like 10 or so days later. The females won't lay a lot of eggs in her life. Sometimes it's just the 30 Sometimes it's as many as 80. The longhorn beetles will live for between 50 and 70 days, and the adults are most often seen in spring and summer. Although some can be found as late as December, and they can overwinter, so they aren't like some insects who lay the eggs in the fall and die, and the new generation hatches in the spring. The adults will sometimes come back in the spring, depending on when they reach maturity. These guys can be a serious problem if you have a lot of trees. Because they don't often leave the tree they hatched on, once they arrive, they won't leave until there's nothing left to eat. For this reason, people try really hard to keep them away. It's recommended that you check your trees for pests each spring and fall, and act fast if you see something. People often try to spray pesticides to remove the longhorn beetles, but the best way to treat them is to simply remove the tree. Once they're there, they're almost impossible to get rid of. Last week, we talked about the spongy moths, who had a similar issue. So they, like these longhorn beetles, once they take over a tree, they really take over a tree. What's different is these spongy moths' larvae ate the leaves off the tree, which meant the tree couldn't photosynthesize, meaning it would die from lack of nutrients, basically. What's happening here with the longhorn beetles is different because they aren't eating because they aren't eating the leaves. They're actually digging straight into the wood. So they're causing physical damage to the tree. When they eat the roots, the tree can no longer take in water efficiently and it'll die. The more of the soft tissue of the trunk they eat, the more susceptible they are to different damage. Um So they attack the tree in different ways, but both ways cause death of the tree. Um, And both the spongy moth and the longhorn beetle, once they hatch on a tree, they stay. So very similar in terms of how they live and how, how they're pests, basically, which is interesting. I did not plan it this way. I did not plan to have two tree killers back to back. Um, But here we are. I do like trees. I like trees a lot. I have several. Um, I'm also a really big plant person. So I do understand that sometimes it is necessary to remove insects from trees to keep them alive. And in the grand scheme of things, the tree being alive may or may not be more important than that insect being alive. I talked last week about how you should treat these tree pests as environmentally friendly as possible. You don't want to spray a bunch of chemicals into your yard and kill things like your honeybees or your other pollinators. It's just not a good plan. Now, if it kills the yellow jackets, I am on board currently. Um, But I'm still very itchy and uncomfortable. And once I'm done being itchy and uncomfortable, I'll realize that yellow jackets are also pretty good pollinators and that we need them, but I'm mad at them for now. So check your trees this fall um, or now, depending on when you're listening to it. If it's fall when you're listening, check your trees. If you're listening to it when this episode comes out, it's still summer. You don't have to check your trees yet. Give it a few more weeks. But if you see a bunch of eggs or these larvae that bore into the trees. I mean, you see them, they make holes in the trees. It's time to take care of the problem. Last month, last month, last week with the spongy moths, you could simply pick them off the tree. These borers, because they go inside the tree, you can't really pick them off. So removing the tree would make it so that once they have completely destroyed the tree. They won't move on to your other trees. So it's kind of like um, cutting off a finger to save a hand. Is that a real saying or is that something I heard once and assumed it was a saying? Anyway, removing the one tree would keep all your other trees alive and healthy. It's worth doing. I know tree removal is expensive and it's a pain, but it's better than all of your trees slowly dying from these beetles. Okay, will they pet? Maybe, but they don't live for very long. It feels like a waste of energy to set up a tank with enough wood for you to only have a pet for a few weeks. All right, let's recap and get out of here so I can go ice this sting. Is that supposed to make a red spot like 85 times bigger than the sting mark? Cause it's huge. And it only happened yesterday. I've heard it gets worse after like 24 hours or 48 hours, I mean. And that's not good. Well, if I'm not here next week, it's because I died from this sting. Do people die from yellow jacket stings? I feel like if I was going to, it would have happened yesterday when it actually happened. I'm just being dramatic. Okay, let's close this one out so I can deal with my leg. Longhorn beetles don't have horns, but they do get their name from their long antenna which I guess kind of look like horns, I disagree, but whatever. They don't let me name bugs. They can be found in trees all over the world. Their larvae can cause serious damage as they bore through the trees to get food. If you get them in a tree, you won't have much luck removing them until the tree is dead. and offers no more food. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for learning with me today. I'll see you next week here on the Bug Plug Podcast.